no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 14 victory over the Houston Texans and much more. Hey, Doug, what's going on, brother? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey. I'm feeling good, brother. Man. Woo! We are back. Club Dub is back open, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome back. Man, it's been a long, long, long six weeks here. <laughs> yes, it has, man. Yes, it has. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing, man. I don't care how bad the Texans were. I'm going to take this win any day of the week, bro, because it feels good, man. It feels good to be back in the winning section for our squad. All, all I got to say about that is no one had any sympathy for us. I have no sympathy for no other team. Fuck them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we were six and seven. And uh, my my biggest uh, takeaway and feedback for any of our listeners in Bears Nation, take this thing one day, one game at a time, right? So think about it is, you never know what can happen over these next three weeks, but we're going to bask in this victory. And dude, I've missed Victory Mondays, man. We got a Victory Monday tomorrow, man. Yes, we do. Well, I don't even know what to do with myself, man. We got to crack something open. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. My drink over now, man. Woo! Victory. Yes. Victory is what you just took a sip of, my friend. <laughs> <sighs> yes, Tastes sir. Tastes pretty good. Yes, sir. Well, dude, before we get into this episode, what I wanted to do, man, is I wanted to just go over some of the keys that you and I, you know, talked about on our preview pod when we had Branson on the show. The first key that I wanted to just remind the audience about was I mentioned, hey, we need to put pressure on Deshaun Watson. And we saw today, A-Dub, they sacked Deshaun six times today, right? Right. The fact that the matter is he didn't have a lot of his weapons there, and, and that's fine, and I get that type of thing. But we talked about on that preview part, he tends to hold on to that ball a little bit because he wants to let his receivers get open. And he didn't have Fuller and he didn't have Cooks and he didn't have some of those big play threats out there. So these receivers that he had in the game with him today, they just weren't getting open. And what it was is it allowed our Bears defense, that pass rush, to get after him a little bit. So I would just say this, man, that Bears defensive line, they reestablished their dominance today. And that's what we needed. We needed to put pressure on Watson and kind of keep him from being comfortable because he's that type of quarterback, like Branson mentioned, if you give him time, he's going to pick your defense apart. Absolutely. And the good thing is our line came to play and we executed. Yes, we did. My second key, A-Dub, was running the damn football. And what I said by that was I wanted Montgomery to get 20-plus carries in this game. And I think I even said, shit, I wouldn't even mind if he got 25 carries in this ball game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're right on. But we see in this ball game, Montgomery had 11 carries. Right. I would just say this, A-Dub. This kid has had three straight games in a row where he's produced. Even though that Texas defense is bad and their run defense is even worse, I still thought that that was an area here in this game today that we could have basically exploited a little bit more, especially with the way that that kid was running and the way the offensive line was opening up holes today. Yeah, I agree with you. I just thought that um, first half we did okay with allowing him to run the football. Second half, it didn't quite do the same. Nope, at all, man. Well, let's let's turn it over to your keys. So the first key that you had was in regards to defensive red zone efficiency for the Bears defense. How do you think we did there? I think we did okay. You know what the thing is? You saw with the Texans, they didn't get a lot of opportunities in the red zone. Like you said, our defense did a good job at keeping them far away from it. So I would say that's a plus on our defense. 
And that's based upon your first key, right, of saying, hey, we have to slow down Watson. So with that, I mean, they didn't pretty much get to that red zone often. I think, what, one time frame, you know, we, we, we um, took them out on fourth down. The other time frame, they executed. So, they did, again, they didn't get a lot of opportunities there. Yeah, that was that play where Roquan blew that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> and Watson got hurt, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, they said he hit what he hit his elbow or something on his helmet, but man, Roquan lit him up. Yes, he did. I'll take that, but not for him to get hurt, but I'll take that hit. <laughs> no, yeah, yep, exactly. Um, your your second key was in regards to Mitch, my boy Mitch. You basically wanted him to make sure that he played as well as he did against that Detroit team, minus the fumble. Talk to me. Oh man, you want to hear this? Hey, look, 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 look. Mitch showed up, man. That's nothing that we can say better about Mitch today. I mean, he executed. He, uh, you know, uh, did a good job at making passes, spreading the football around, and um, threw about three TDs today. No turnovers. I'll take this type of game any day from Mitch. No turnovers. My boy Mitch. Good job, Mitch. <laughs> good job. Man, but yeah, but you know what, young know, audience, when you look at those keys, I feel like we were pretty spot on with looking ahead at this matchup, you know, getting that pressure on Deshaun, running the football, right? That right. red zone efficiency, right? Keeping the Texans out of the end zone. And then right. also needing Mitch to basically kind of piggyback off of the momentum from the last game that he had. So, I mean, if you listen to kind of what we had going into this game and those keys, I think that our team today, they were spot on. And we saw that in that 36-7 blowout victory against the Texans today, man. Exactly, man. What we got today, man, was a complete game from defense and offense. If we can do this all the time, man, we're like a different team. Absolutely. One of the things I wanted to touch on with you before we get into the nitty gritty of the episode. So we saw the inactives come out and we saw that the Buster screen, he's out with the concussion, right? Right. So, so with that, we saw that Duke Shelley was going to be replacing uh, Buster screen in the lineup. Now, right. I want to get your thoughts on that, because when I looked at with, uh, with Shelly out there, I'm going to say this. He didn't do anything outstanding, in my opinion. But what I did see from him as a kid that was coming up, form tackling, making really good hits, and he seemed to be in position a lot more than Buster is. What, what were some of your thoughts when you looked at uh, with Shelly's performance today? You know, it was kind of hard for me to judge him today, because the thing is, as you know, Texas didn't have all their weapons. So that means he wasn't guarding all the the major, you know, threats today, you know? And I, I would say from the standpoint, what I saw is that he looked like a solid player out there. Looks like he can he contributed for sure. He didn't lose any ground, really, you know? So you didn't notice him out there as far as someone who actually gave up plays. So I would take anything, I'll take that any of the week of how he played. I will say he established himself as a good player, someone could back up screen. And matter of fact, somebody probably can get some more playing time. Uh, yeah, and this thing about it is, too, is, you know, I don't know if he basically uh, went into the coach's staff's uh, doghouse, but he's been inactive a lot this season. But that was a kid that was out there. You could tell, like, these guys, man, when they get these opportunities, they're taking advantage of them because I thought that was a guy that played today. And like you said, you didn't hear his name called often. That's always the key on a, on a, on a defensive player because when that name's getting called, that means you get beat. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then you can have a lot of plays. You got us as fans zooming in on you like, hey, you need to cover that guy. Yep, yep, exactly. The other thing I wanted to chat about real quick was Riley Ridley. Uh, he was active in the game uh, as far as the depth chart purposes, but I didn't really see him much on the field. Did you see him targeted or anything with Riley Ridley today? I didn't see anything happening with Riley really out there. You know, I didn't really see him on the field either. So if you catch him on the field, I had to go back and look at Fam on this. He was active, like you said, but I didn't really see him get any major plays out there to the way he was able to contribute. Right. And then we also saw that Ant Miller was returning punts again. And the one thing with him is Ant Miller is going to make some plays happen in special teams. Uh, the thing about it was is this. I always am just a little leery and uncomfortable when he's back there just because of the shoulder injury that he's had in the past. But Ant Miller... He, he makes plays back there at, at that punt returner role. Yes, he does. And you know what? I have to rethink this whole process with having him as punt return in general. But here's my thought on it. I think he should be punt return more often. And here's why. If we don't give him a lot of opportunities in the passing play in the game from that standpoint. He doesn't get a lot of catches. So either way we can make him effective, I'm all for it. That's my case with him. Yeah, I would say, to be honest with you, Boo, if I had a choice between those two, I would like to see him more involved in the uh, the passing game a little bit more rather yeah. than the special teams aspect of things. But I will say this, having Miller out there in that punt return position just shows you the value of Tariq Cohen. Yes. And I think that a lot of Bears fans, we probably didn't really appreciate all the things that he was able to bring to the table for this team. Right, exactly. I think we may have un un underestimated him just a little bit. And it's showing you right now, when we don't have certain guys out there playing, we kind of able to see their value. So not having him, 
I mean, it really shows in the passing game. Even even from a running standpoint, he's mostly in the passing game on there as well. So you kind of like see where his value is at. Absolutely. So, hey, Doug, man, we have not had a here comes the boom moment play in six weeks, bro. I'm coming to you right now. What was your here comes the boom moment in this ball game today, fam? Man, I got to grow with this here, Press. This goes back to one of your keys about running the football. When your boy, Montgomery, bursted for that 80-yard TD. Talk to him. That 80-yard TD. I mean, that gap opened wide open from the offensive line. And oh. our boy flew through there, you know. He got oh. through there. <laughs> 80 yards, he even saw that little, you know, little bit of, um, you know, him getting a little happy with, you know, the list of the two, three steps he did. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, yes, sir. Walk it out. Walk it out, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, that was a big play. A big play. And matter of fact, that play actually opened things up for Mitch. It really did. So that right there, I thought was the here comes the boom play for me. And I'll tell you one thing. A lot of people aren't going to talk about this play, but a Fetty with that block he was the one to help spring that play open and also Mustafer. And mm-hmm. so when you look at that play, that, like you mentioned, that hole was as wide open as could be. And what happened to those people that said Montgomery don't have breakaway speed? Because I couldn't tell. Man, he burst it through there. <laughs> man, I couldn't tell. <laughs> exactly. He was gone, man. And like you said, that's the first play of the ball game on offense, 80-yard play. Boom. That's it. That's all she wrote, right? That was all she wrote. And that I'm telling you right there, that play established a lot for us moving forward. I agree with you on that. I think for me, because that, that play right there, it was awesome play. The one thing that I wanted to touch on is something that you and I have both kind of spoke about on the show is the fact that this defense doesn't take the ball away as often, you know, as they right. have in the past. Mm-hmm. And so the play that I really loved was the play where Hakeem Hicks blew up the running play held up Duke Johnson, and then my boy Khalil Mack comes over. Not only does he strip the ball, but he also recovers it at the same time, right? Absolutely. You see the defense, they stroll into the end zone, and they pose for the pitch. I was like, yes, sir. (laughs) Photo fresh, baby. Hey, we looking good, baby. Looking good. (laughs) Man, shit. I like that. I love it. But so for us, that was really huge because now when you get that defense that's starting to to create those turnovers and kind of wreck that havoc, we know that this ball club, when we win turnover battles, that right. this is a team that's going to be damn near impossible, I would say, most times to, to be. And especially, too, with the way that Mitch has been playing as of late, that's really key for our defense to be able to kind of make some of those type of plays. So that was my here comes the bull moment. And the other thing that I wanted to add real quick, A-Dub, if you don't mind. Don't mind. Khalil Mack reminded everybody today. If they forgot, just in case they forgot. Right. <laughs> why the Bears traded away two number ones and basically paid him $141 million. Because I'm going to tell you one thing about the way he played today. This man has been on the injury list all season, A-Dub. Right. He's been on there with the ankle, the knee, the shoulder, the back. And this guy still shows up out there every Sunday, every Monday, doesn't matter. And he suits up and he's out there with his boys. And i tell you one thing. That says a lot about that guy. That guy's got a lot of courage. He's tough, and he plays his ass off. He takes what those defenses, they took a lot of punishment his way. They and do. the guy's always, always still playing and leaving it out there on the field. So 52, salute to you, fam. Yes, sir. I agree. And I'll echo everything you said there. You know, I totally agree with you. But, man, he looked it good today. I was hey. like, Mac, you on the mission today. He was definitely on a mission. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, whatever they said was wrong with that shoulder. Shit, I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. <laughs> it looked fresh to me, you asked me. Man, he looked real good out there. And so to your point, you know, you talked about that that running play with, with Montgomery. One of the things that I wanted to key on real quick is, and, and I don't want to nitpick too much because, as we mentioned, this is going to be a happy, fun episode. But yes, we still have to at least pinpoint a couple areas here where we saw some things that we maybe didn't like necessarily. One thing that I'm going to say is, as my key was to run the damn ball and to get Montgomery at least 20 carries, if not 25 carries. The fact that this kid only had seven carries with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter, I'm just going to say, man, it's criminal. The guy's averaging over 10 yards per carry, right? Playing some of his best football in his young NFL career over these last three games. Why are we continuing to go away from him, A-Dub? I don't understand it. Yeah, that's beyond me on that part of it, from that perspective. I think that uh, whoever's calling the plays, Laser, Nagy, have you want to look at it, um, you got to get this kid some more running opportunities. I mean, especially when you're up big in a game. Why not? That's called clock management, right? 
understanding how to manage a game. You got a big lead. At this point, this kid probably should have had like 20 plus carries at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, if if they would have just kept feeding him the rock, man, that kid would have probably ran for 200 yards against that Texas run defense, man. Like, and I'm not even, that's not, that's not cap. That's for real. Looking at the way that offensive line was getting pushed, right. he could have ran for 200. Oh, could have. Absolutely. Wouldn't have shocked me at all. No, but I would just say this, man. You got to get that kid the ball more. And also, too, I want to give a little shout out to Sam Mustafer. Now, this is our undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. Right. You know, earlier in the season, we talked to our listeners about the fact of, hey, you know what? If some of these guys that are in this lineup right now can't get the job done or aren't getting the job done, then get one of these young kids that's hungry for an opportunity in here and let them see what we would. Let's see what they can do. Right. Absolutely. Mustafa is that kid that I was basically pounding the drums and saying, let this kid play. Right. Right. Now we see now they've put him in at center. Yep. This kid's brought leadership to that position. And I'm just going to say this. I don't care if our listeners don't agree with me on this, but this is just what I feel when I see him out there. I think that we have a potential long-term piece with him at that center position with the way that he's been playing. I agree. I think he should have, you know, for some reason, I'm surprised that we didn't identify that a while ago, you know? Not sure what's taking us so long to realize how good this guy is. I mean, Mustafa has looked good since he's been in the starting rotation. I will say that. Since he's been on a part of the offensive line, he's been done pretty good, and he's even done better at playing the center role. Yeah, and the thing, too, uh, we missed him when he was out with that knee injury, so it was really good that we got him back in there. Correct. And I would just say this. Him at center and kicking a Fetty out to tackle, yes. we've seen that's been our best uh, rotation on that offensive line and getting Coward out of, the, out of the mix, right? Right, correct, yep. And even though Alex Bars had a couple false start penalties, and, you know, I think that that's an area we need to clean up because we had a lot of penalties on offense today for at least four of them. Right. Uh, but I'm still going to say that Bars is still showing me some potential, you know, as him playing on that right side of the line. What did you think there with Alex Bars? Oh, yeah, I think he's done pretty good. You take away those two penalties there, he had a solid game. I mean, he wasn't giving up nothing at all, really. I think a couple times where uh, Mitch may have got sacked, it's because they overloaded us, right, and they came with the pressure. It's not much you can do on that standpoint. But I would say Bars looked good, man, other than those two penalties. Yeah, I thought so, too, man. That offensive line, they held up well. They did. One thing, too, when you look at Mitch, Mitch was really good in that pocket. He was basically escaping. He was extending plays. He was maneuvering around. Because you, you saw a couple of plays where J.J. Watt was coming, and Mitch was able to kind of maneuver and get around him, right? Right. And I think that that's really, really important when we look at this, uh, look at the way that this offensive line kind of performed today. Yeah, and the thing is, I want to piggyback on what you said about Mitch and why it looks so well. Um, part of the reason he looked so well because of the game scheme, really. It was like, hey, give him a lot of bootlegs, a lot of play action fakes, you know, whatever, you know, um, and have him on a rollout. And with that standpoint, it opened up things for him to not think too much, right? Just make quick passes, quick hits. And that's what he was doing really quickly with the ball instead of making him think so long or think too long to where he can possibly make a mistake. So I like the game plan with having him roll out. Yeah, because at that point, what you do with Mitch in that situation is you basically get him to focus on, you shrink the field in half for him. So now he's making quick decisions, right? He doesn't have Correct. to go through all these different reads. Right. And another area, just to kind of piggyback off of that, what I liked is the quick tempo. Right. Getting them oh, up yeah. to the line, right? Yes. That was awesome because we've seen in Mitch's career at this team is he plays well when they kind of play in more of that hurry up type of uh, that vibe. Exactly. You give him to a good pace. And I thought this pace fits Mitch. Yeah, because it plays to his strengths. And I will say this. On that third offensive drive, that's the one that I really, really liked, A-Dub. So let me just tell you why I like that drive and Go just kind of get your thoughts on it. Okay. So on that drive, Mitch threw some really nice throws. To, he threw some throws to A-Rob a over the middle. He had to a throw to Mooney on the bootleg, as you mentioned, getting him out on the move. Yeah. And then he had a nice throw to commit. And they just marched the ball down the field. So on that drive, if I'm correct, I think Mitch went eight for eight. And then that drive finished with that red zone touchdown to Jimmy Graham. The reason why I like that drive, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is the Bears did everything well on that drive. And then they basically dialed up a play to Jimmy Graham where he had a mismatch on him. And they used that six, seven height, just yes. threw the ball up to him, touchdown, you know, game blouses. Like, what, you know, what did you think there? Because I, I thought when I saw that drive, I was like, this is what we've been looking for. This is what we've been asking for. I love that drive. And what makes that drive even more um, appealing was the play calling as well. 
I mean, we kept Mitch on the go, kept him on the run. We used our tight ends, which we haven't done often lately. I was so happy to see Jimmy Graham in the red zone. I was like, yes, let's get back to what works. It looks like everyone has come together and started thinking through what's our best lineup for certain situations. And situationally, it worked out perfectly. I mean, like I said, Mitch on the bootlegs. I mean, Mitch on the run, the fake runs. I mean, it was awesome. So I really, uh, man, I was in awe when I saw that drive. Yep. And another thing, too, that a lot of people don't speak about with Mitch being back there at, at quarterback is the fact that the Bears have rushed for over 100 yards in each game that he started this season. So we saw that when Mitch was basically demoted, we struggled to run the ball. Uh, right. and we could say, you know, we had the injuries on the offensive line. But one of the things that I keyed in on this podcast, as I said, Mitch basically opens up another dynamic. So defenses actually have to respect the fact that he could get outside the pocket and hurt you. Right. They didn't have to worry about that with Foles, which an extension of that, that helps the running game. So that's a lot of things that that people don't you know talk about when it comes to this team, when, especially when it comes to a Mitch Trubisky. But also, one of the things that you were kind of touching on is the fact of utilizing these guys, these weapons. We're right. starting to see them utilize Cole commit more and more, right? They and did. He, and he continues to show people why he should be he should be targeted even more. Because this kid doesn't look to run out of bounds, bro. And he finishes every reception strong. He looked like a man out there, you know, you know, and the thing is, he was in good rhythm, right? And when you have a guy playing more, getting into rhythm, they can do unbelievable things, right? And feeling comfortable out there doing it. So I will say, like you said, commit. He was out there hitting guys. I mean, running them over, at least trying to. It was like taking about two, three dudes trying to take them down. So I, I like what I saw from him today. Yeah, he, he definitely, he was grown man out there. Like, and I, that, that's the thing right there. He, he He's playing like we all expected him to play. And, and the thing about it is, and this is something that I'm, this is one thing that I'm going to nitpick on. This just goes to show you that this season didn't have to be this way, uh, A-Dub, because you have these weapons. We kept saying there's weapons on this offense. It's all about the scheme and how you're using these guys. A guy like your boy, what's his name? Money Moon. Talk to him. Money now, Moon. <laughs> now you think about the way that they used him in the game today. They got him the ball in space. And he got in the end zone. And I know you was hyped on that one. Oh, man. I was extremely hyped. The bank is open, baby. <laughs> okay. Back back money again. Hey, back money moon. Out there showing those guys how it was done. I love that screen pass to him. That was excellent. Let him use that speed. Good screen setup. End zone. End the story. And let's talk about two things on that play. The first, the block by A-Rob. Second thing, yes. that footwork by Mooney to even get anywhere near that pylon. That was that was that was sweet. Yes, it was. So avoid going out of bounds. I like that. Yeah, that was that was really awesome. And that's one of the things too. When you look at Allen Robinson, and we kind of picked on him a little bit last week, just because you know that play that he made, you just can't have that. But what right. I will say today in this ball game, that's what you see a number one guy do. He basically came back out there in today's ball game, and he did what he had to do, and he blocked just as well as he basically converted those targets that he got today. Dub. Oh, man, speaking of his targets, man, he ate today. We're talking about eating good, feasting? Eat, oh, eat, man. Eat, <laughs> eat, eat, eat. Yes, sir. Man, A-Rob, like you said, looked exactly like a number one out there, man. And matter of fact, pay A-Rob. Let me throw it out there first. <laughs> Let's throw it out pay there. Him. Pay him up, you know, pay the man, you know. But he looked great, man. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, he made things easy for Mitch. It was good targets. I mean, he was actually getting a separation out there. The quick throws, it was right on the money. He was there. I mean, the hands, I mean, the guy was excellent. Yeah, man. The thing about it is, as we often say on this show, man, where would this offense be without 12? And I hope that we don't even have to ever know what that is. And I hope that by next offseason, that Pace or whoever the hell the GM is going to be at that point and the, the executive team, I hope they figure this thing out because this is somebody that I want to see in a Bears uniform for at least the next three to four seasons. Right. And I think he went over a thousand yards um, as of today, right? Today he went over yep. second, second season in a row. Second season. We'll take that. That's what you want, right? For your number one wide receiver to go over a thousand yards. And he done it two years in a row. Hey, he's shown us today what he looked like as well, what it means to be number one. We gotta pay this guy. Let's keep him. Yeah, and, and let's not let's not forget about the fact that he leads the NFL in contested catches. And we saw that catch that he made on the right sideline where it was a slight underthrow by Mitch and A-Rob when it got that thing and pulled that thing over his head and held on to it. And that's what the type of plays that we need to see him make. Yeah, it looks like he also made that uh, a contested uh, touchdown, right? That looked contested as well. So he snatched that one. He took that one. I mean, that's what we're looking for from him, right? To establish himself 
as that guy, and he's doing it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Shout out to you, 12. Shout out. Yes, sir. Um, so did you have any other thoughts on Mooney? Because the thing when I looked at Darnell in his ball game is I like the way that they were utilizing him. I just want to see him get targeted a little bit more. But what did you think about that usage today from uh, Mooney? I thought we did good utilizing him. Um, we didn't use him for the long ball like I thought we would do, but I thought we put him like more in like more of the uh, you know short game, short passing yardage to where he can show a little bit burst of his speed after the catch. So I thought we did good with that, of seeing what he can do, seeing his explosiveness. But I would love to see him get more opportunities going long as well to mix it up a little bit. I will tell you this, man, on that one play where they gave him the ball in the end around and he got rocked, I was like, Jesus Christ, that I felt that hit. <laughs> and you know, when he got like, ain't nothing happened, right? <laughs> he did. He even, he, even, he even gave old boy like, yeah, hey, good hit. And he just kept it moving. Right. <laughs> that was a big hit, though. Man, he that shit hurt my soul. I was like, <laughs> I was glad. I was glad he wasn't hurt, though. So that was my thing. Like, is he all right? He got up like, I'm good. Okay, all right. We good, yeah. then. Yeah, he wasn't tripping. But I would say this, man. Continue to see them use that speed because I'm telling you, he's got game-changing speed. Oh, we yeah. got to continue to find ways to get him the ball in the open field like that. I agree. And if, if, we go, if, that, if the short games we want to use them at, I'm all fine with that as well. I just want to see them also use them in, a, in you know, in, um, for those big plays too. That's all. Absolutely. One thing I'm going to pick on real quick, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So we talked about earlier how <laughs> Montgomery for the game only had 11 carries. And at that point in the fourth quarter, the 13-minute mark, he only had seven. Right. Now, on the eighth, I think it might have been the eighth offensive drive uh, in, in, in the game for them. Um, there was a play there that I don't know if you recall, but it really pissed me off. And this is just me nitpicking, but when I look ahead, these are things that we just got to clean up. And I thought, okay, we got the ball down on the goal line here, and they give the ball to Cordell Patterson instead of giving it to Montgomery. I just didn't I understand. That. I didn't understand that play call, fam. What What'd you think there of that one? Uh, I thought that, hey, why is Patterson even in the game <laughs> at that time frame? That was my thought process that came to it. Um, that's the play where absolutely Montgomery should be in the game. There's no way you should be looking any other place at all when it comes down to that. Anything in the red zone around that standpoint, the backfield should be Montgomery, period. That's no respect, disrespect to 84 because right. listen, 80, 84 could ball, but on that goal line, I want that ball to Montgomery because he's always moving the power forward. Agree. You know what I'm saying? So that's the guy that I just want to make sure that we're giving the ball to. But I would just say I wasn't a fan of that play call. And as you and I both talk about a lot on the show, you can sometimes tell who's making these play call decisions. Cause on that one, I'm like, that was a naggy play call. Yeah, man. That didn't look good. I didn't like it at all. No, nah, man. Cause the thing about it is that was very questionable. And then also remember that play uh, also in the second half where um, they called, like it was like a, a, a throw. They threw the ball on the left sideline to Patterson. And on that situation, I thought, well, why would we run the ball there? Cause that was second down mm-hmm. because then the next play third down, that's when Mitch threw the incomplete pass to Montgomery in the flat. And I think if he would have gotten the ball out to him quicker, Montgomery might have been able to have made a first down on that one. But I just think sometimes with the play calls, I think sometimes we get a little cute. And I think sometimes you just have to take what's there. And when it gets that Texas team and that situation where you have the lead and you're up by so much, run the ball, milk that clock. Yeah, I think I know what's play you're talking about. You tell me if you're talking about the drive where we had that false start with Williams. And then uh, Patterson rushed for like uh, 12 yards. So we had like second and three, right? Yep. And what we were doing, right? We threw an incomplete pass to Patterson, right? Which you should have yep. ran the ball to begin with. Then after that, we said we had a shotgun play. We threw an incomplete pass to uh, Montgomery. And now we were fourth and three, we punting. You're right. In that case there, we should have been running the football. Shouldn't have even thought about passing the football in, the, in that series. No. And so that's the thing here. So nitpicking on my part, but at the same time, I still think it's just something that we got to call out just because Agreed. when we look ahead, those are some of the things on offense that we got to button up and we got to get stronger. And exactly. And the thing is, it always come about, we're talking about these type of plays in the second half. So we got to really be mindful of when they also occur. It's always the second half that we've seen the consistency where we're talking about this type of play, these type yeah. of plays. Exactly. Because we also saw in the ballgame, A-Dub, that we had a special teams turnover that was caused by Sherrick McManus, but then we wasted it because that drive, basically, we started off with a six-yard run by Montgomery, five or six yards, I can't remember. But then two plays later, Mitch ended up getting sacked, and then basically the Texas forced us to get punt, punt to punt. Right. We can afford to screw that up. You're right. Because you got to think about that, man. When we start to get special teams and, and defensive turnovers, you have to basically take those things and you have to maximize and you have to take advantage of those situations. 
I agree. On the defensive side of the ball, I want to get your thoughts on how you think the boys perform today. Because like I said, they basically shut up a lot of that Deshaun Watson talk today. I, I don't know how you felt, but I ain't hear too much of that <laughs> shit today. <laughs> None at all. All this comparison to Bell, hey, we should have drafted uh, Watson over Mitch. Ah, not today. Let's not, not talk about that today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. Uh, what I like really um, about the defense today was that um, we established ourselves as we're not going to give up any run plays. That's first of all. It shows that Hicks was back. He was healthy. Yes, Hicks sir. looked good. Yes, they sir. tried to run up the field, up the middle. I think it was on the second play. Hicks said, uh-uh, not today. I'm going to cut all this out right now. I didn't do a good job last week because I was still recovering. This week, try it. You're not getting nothing. So Hicks stood out big time with stopping that run today that said, hey, you guys want to go a different direction if you want to pick up some yardage. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And the one thing I was going to say, too, so we saw um, kind of earlier in that first half that Deshaun Watson had some time in the pocket. He was kind of picking us apart a little bit. But right. also one of the things that I talked about in the preview pod was the fact that if we allow him to get outside of the pocket, he's going to be able to get easy first down runs. And we saw a little bit of that in that first half a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what I like, though, is towards the second quarter and parts of the third quarter, Pagano got a little bit more aggressive in coverage and he schemed the pressure well. And that's when we started to kind of turn up that heat on Watson a little bit. And that's what I really liked about the defense. And also the fact of what you talked about with this team, not creating turnovers on defense. Well, today, not only did they create turnovers, but they brought the heat on Watson all day long. Man, you're right. That heat was on him. I mean, he was running for his life, like, on several plays today. Even when he got good yards, he was running his butt off, you know? And I'll tell you right there, man, I don't care how human you are, everyone gets tired, man, for running. <laughs> if you're going to continue running the whole day like he was. I mean, we kept getting him out that pocket all the time. He was out there trying to make something happen. But guess what? We made it very difficult for him to make anything happen. He didn't look like Superman today. He looked very, very human out there. (laughs) Seriously. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would just say this, man. We talked about with this defense, the others, right? And as we say, no disrespect to the other guys on that defensive line. But knowing that you have a Khalil Mack, knowing that you have an Akeem Hicks, basically making sure that these other guys that are on that defensive line are basically making some impact. And we saw that these plays were being made by those other guys. Now, one thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on is, could you imagine how good this defense would be if Eddie Goldman didn't opt out this season? Oh, man. <laughs> we had Eddie out there. Man, you talk about turnovers. I think we have way more turnovers we have now if we had Eddie out there. And I think these quarterbacks will be struggling a whole lot worse than what they have been doing so far against us, you know? So you talk about that, man, having him. He's a big impact player for us. I'll tell you one thing. With this group we have, with him, Matt Quinn, I mean, um, Hicks, I mean, this dude would be impactful with that unit. And obviously, think about the running game aspect of things because Goldman is really good at taking up the double team, right? Right, right, absolutely. And that kind of helps free up things, whether it's for Hakeem Hicks or uh, Khalil Mack and, you know, whatever, 94 over there. But the thing about it is that a guy like that would be able to neutralize and, and make some plays there. But that was something that I really liked. Now, one thing that we saw in the ball game, and I don't know if this is something that we should worry about, A-Dub, but Jalen Johnson left the game with a shoulder injury. And I'm not sure if it's the shoulder that he had surgery on in the offseason. Yes. But that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye out on uh, going forward, looking at week 15. I think so. Um, I'm kind of concerned because you're right. The fact he had a previous injury like this before, it makes you worry. And I hope he's okay. And hopefully he's able to play next game. But you do worry about those kind of things when it's actually an injury to a place where a person had an injury like that before in the past. So you, you, you wonder about that. Yeah, because the thing about it is that we still don't know the severity of it. Right. We'll, de- we'll definitely see what happens there. Um, what are your thoughts with, with Pagano and how he rotates his pass rushers, man? Because to me, when I look at that shit, it looks like one of those baseball managers that's trying to win uh, Game 7 of the World Series. The way, <laughs> he, he, the way he gets all those guys interchanged out of the game. What are your thoughts there on his rotations? I love his rotations. Because you know one thing about um, Pagano that uh, that I have probably go- may have gone unnoticed he kind of says when guys are getting a little tired mm-hmm. and he say, Hey, let me get somebody else in there who I know can still keep that pressure going, can still apply, you know, and he'll do that. And we got a deep team really from the stand, from that standpoint, let these guys all eat. If we got to, we, if we're that deep. And the thing about this bears team, when it comes down to the offense for defensive line, we are a deep team. Let these guys come in and play. Therefore we lose no ground from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. 
I would say in a situation with getting like some of those younger players in there, it does make sense. But there's certain situations, A-Dub, that I wanted to kind of point out to you is that there's like sometimes where it's like this is an obvious passing down and mm-hmm. we don't have Khalil Mack in the game because he's giving him a, a rest. Right. That sometimes with that kind of stuff, it kind of just boggles my mind a little bit. I'm like, your best pass rusher should be on the field during an obvious passing down in some cases. Yeah, in some cases, if you feel it's going to be obvious. And the thing is, like you hit it on, you got to know the down, right, the situation. If it's third and 10, there's no way we should have Mac out, out on the sideline on the third and 10, right? Maybe first and second down, you may want to. That's fine to give him a little breathe or whatever. But on certain plays, you know that's probably going to be more of a passing play than anything else. You should have him out there for sure. Well, especially, like, say, for instance, if it's a second and 15, a second and 20. Right. The teams, that team is more than likely probably going to try to, like, maybe carve into that by throwing the ball. So I just think that sometimes when I see some of that stuff with Pagano, I'm like, eh. But to your point, um, it's probably not the, the worst idea to ha- make sure that people are fresh. I just think that depending on the, the situation, I, right, just want, exactly. I, I just want our best guys out there in pass rush. Understood. That makes sense. Um, so when you look at this ball game, where do you give your offensive game ball to today? Man, that was hard for me to give. <laughs> I'll take what I did struggle with this. Because um, I was like, man, Mitch had a good game. Montgomery had a good game. A-Rod had a good game. I was like, damn, how do you even decipher this here? So what I broke it down to, I was like, okay, who's, who's the most impactful? How do we get what we got? So what I thought is I decided to go with A-Rod today. Okay. I said, A-Rod, you know, get about 13 targets. But the thing is, A-Rod was the guy who I thought was getting hit with the plays to continue to extend the play, to extend the drive. I thought he was the guy that we went to around that. So I thought he was probably the most impactful from that perspective because, again, my government get a lot of touches that I wanted him to get. <laughs> it wasn't his fault, though, but I thought that from that standpoint, I went with A-Rod because I thought he was more impactful in the passing game than anyone else. Absolutely, man. And think about this way, A-Rod, bro, he was targeted often and delivered, bro. Made the <laughs> right, most exactly. I agree. He, he took care of business, for sure. And let's just be honest, too. And blocking, as I mentioned on that Montgomery run, he made a key block there, but then also, again, that block that he made on the Mooney touchdown reception. So he made his impact happen all over this ball game. So, man, that's a good game ball right there. I got nothing I got nothing to say on that one. I'm going to give mine to my boy, Mitch. My okay. Boy, <laughs> okay. Talk like to you, him. Like you mentioned, man, three touchdowns. To be honest with you, bro, this game right here, this shows you why Nagy should not be in this job next year because Mitch should not have been pulled in favor of, of Nick Foles earlier in the season. That decision alone derailed our season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I still don't understand. And even you remember at the time I said, I didn't understand that. I thought it was a little premature. Right. But I will say this. I didn't understand why he was taken out. And I think that move alone, along with some other moves that Nagy has made this season and not made, is why he should not be the head coach of this football team next year. And I give Mitch big-time props for coming back to this starting role. And he's playing with a fucking chip on his shoulder, bro. He is. And the one thing I will say is a couple of things that go hand-in-hand with Mitch. One, you're right. Mitch should have never been out the lineup. Even if we took him out of the lineup for that one drive, for that one um, game where he got taken out, and put him back, bring him back in the next following game, right? And let him continue to finish out the season. My other thing is, Nagy should have been gave a play calling a while ago. Because what we got back to doing now is put Mitch in situations where Mitch is most effective. Get him on a roll, bootlegs, roll out, things of that nature. That's where he's most effective at. And you saw this game here. It also part of last game that we did that. We should have went ver- converted back to 2018 a while ago uh, with this whole thing. It took us all the way into the end of the season to want to do that. Yeah, man. That, that's, that's for sure. And the only other thing I was going to say uh, when it comes to, you know, my boy Mitch is just looking at this team and the way that he's they are scheming him to basically take advantage of his strengths. But I thought not only did he play well, he shut up the Watson talk, at least for one game, because he yes. outplayed Deshaun Watson out there. And he's playing with a poise. He's extending plays. He got the ball out quick. And the thing about it is when you see the way Mitch played, I was like, he could have been playing this way the, the whole time if they had to basically let this kid do what he does best. That's it. That's what it comes down to. And you mentioned this as well, Prez, on multiple occasions. Put these guys in positions to where they're most effective at. That's what you have to do with Mitch, for sure. You may say this guy can't read down the field, whatever. Okay, whatever. I'll give you that. But guess what? Did we, have to, did we throw down the field that often today? No. No. 
you put him in positions where he's most effective at. And that's the one thing I will say that now we're trying to do, which we should have been done a while ago. No, that, I mean, that's that's absolutely it. So it's like when you look at this stuff as a Bear fan and, you know, <laughs> to be objective, you look at this, and you like, dude, there was no reason why we basically had some of those uh, early season struggles on offense. Right. Like our offense was downright horrible for it was. weeks. Weren't moving the football, weren't running the football, couldn't pass the ball. Now you look at the way they're playing on offense, and you're just like, where was this offense? Right. And you acting like, and no offense to Foles, but it wasn't like he was making some a lot of plays downfield like that, really. Let's be totally honest. We no, didn't get a lot he, of that. <laughs> he wasn't at all. Now, one thing, too, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, because you've been kind of ringing this bell most of the season, our third quarter offense and scoring. And so you saw... In today's ball game, we got three points on that open and drive. What, what were your thoughts there on that drive, A-Dub? When I saw it open the drive, we got three points. It was a relief. And the reason why it was a relief, because, like, man, there should have been no way that we go on this many games to where we only got seven points from our offense in the third quarter. I thought that we came out, we really put together a nice drive to where we were able to score. I mean, we didn't lose a beat. We kept going, kept extending the plays, and we finally got into, a, again, a good field goal for um, Santos. I felt very good about that. You know, I thought it was going to get more out of that quarter as well, but getting three was more of a saying, hey, that's that's some positive happening right now. I'll go with the positive right now, the three. I'll take it. Yeah, man, because if that simple fact, A-Dub, is that's positive. That's a positive drive. That's giving us some points. That's coming out. That's taking time of possession, you know, away from the opposing team. Right. Um, the only thing about that drive is we had those penalties on the offensive line, so that kind of prevented us from going yeah. a deeper down the field. But as you mentioned, hey, we'll take those points uh, <laughs> all day long. Absolutely. Even with that, you're right. The fact that we even got those points off the fact that we even had penalties, right? Because I think uh, I think uh, there was uh, maybe a, a bars penalty, right? We had yep. two back-to-back at that, and yeah. we still able to get a field goal out of all that. That's good. That's just a good sign for me. Yeah, because we had a Leno. Uh, of course, 72 is going to find a way to, to kind of get his name out there. He had a holding call. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think it was on that Patterson run when Patterson got outside a little bit. But yeah, yeah it was. You're right. As soon as the flag came and I said, oh, they ran left. That's London. <laughs> you already knew. <laughs> already knew. Hey, <laughs> uh, Doug, who'd you get your defensive game ball to? This defensive game ball was a toss up for me. But you know what? I had to go with the guy who was the most impactful to me. Not the guy who got the results, but the guy who was the most impactful from the eye test. I went with Khalil Mack. And Mac today showed the world why he is Khalil Mack. I mean, the strip the ball right, that part was huge. Um, the pat down, when Watson got to his side and tried to th- make something happen, knocked it down. I mean, the sack, it, it, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this guy shows us time after time that, hey, look, I am the man. I mean, the rushing he got in there, the pass rushing ability to force Watson to utilize his legs a whole lot more than what he wanted to. I mean, he really made a big difference out there from start to finish. Man, I got nothing for that one, man, because that brother was playing his, he was playing, he was playing his his ass off. Was <laughs> There's no other way to say that. I mean, and right. when, when Khalil Mack is making them plays like that, dude, he's making everybody else around him better. Agreed. Man, dude, I would say this, man. I'm going to probably surprise you with my defensive game ball, but I'm giving mine to my boy Mario Edwards Jr. <laughs> hey, yes, sir. And I'm going to say this, man. We both talked about earlier this season how this kid was such an underrated signing in free agency by Pace, right? Mm-hmm. And in that reserve role, off the bench, yep. this kid had two sacks in the ball game today. And I'm going to tell you this. Not only was that a, a really good free agency pickup by Pace, but he's outperformed Robert Quinn. He has. Man, he looked really good today in this limited role. I was like, you know what? This is a guy we got to keep, man. We got to find a way to keep him. I hope so, but I don't know if we're going to be able to afford him because he might have he might have uh, outperformed that contract shit. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll see. But when you're surrounded by great defensive guys, man, you step your game up. As I said time after time on, on our podcast, this guy stepped this game up. And I'm really proud of him. I really am, man. Those uh, The way he got those sacks, man, was very interesting ways he got them. But he actually made an impact with it. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that we knew that Watson would give us a chance for the defense to get back there because he holds on to the football. Correct. And we also have talked about on this podcast how the others, no disrespect to the other guys on that defensive line, but we need those guys to continue to step up. And what we saw today was the others stepped up. You had You had Edwards that had two sacks. You had Brent Urban that had a sack. He was in the backfield a couple times in the ball yes, game he was. today, right? 
So these are things that we need to continue to see these guys doing because when the defensive line, others, can take advantage of their one-on-one matchups, this is a tough defense to beat because you know that they're going to be double-teaming Khalil Mack, right? Right. But when these other guys can win their matchups, it's game over because you've talked about it at left on this podcast. The, the depth that we have at defensive line is the strong suit of this defense. I agree. A lot of people won't give Mario Edwards Jr. the credit, but he continues to be a very important piece of this defense, and that's who I gave my defensive game ball to. I am not mad about that decision there, brother. I mean, like you said, he played very well today, man. And he stepped this game up. He came in. Again, those limited roles, he made a lot of things happen out there. Yeah, man. And the thing about it is, shit, there's so, there was so much good that happened out there on the field. Just like how you mentioned on offense, we could have talked about all kinds of guys, right? And so the right. same thing on defense. You and I pinpointed two different guys on that defensive side of the ball. But we could also talk about Roquan Smith because, dude. He balled out today. He did. Absolutely. <laughs> we could have meant exactly. We could have went in several different directions with this, man. I like his play today. Um, mm-hmm. Trevathan did a pretty good job today as well, you know? So it's guys, we could have said, hey, you know what? Several guys on the team on defense done a great job today. Yeah, but I, I would say when I, when, I, when I think of Roquan, I love that Pagano used him in the blitz on multiple occasions. That guy shot like he looked like somebody shot him out of a cannon. How he was into that backfield a lot of times in the game today, and we got to continue to turn him loose on opposing defenses because that right there is a weapon that a lot of teams in this NFL do not have, and we have to utilize him correctly. Absolutely, and that's what you and I were talking about, Prez, right there with how having our guys do some blitzing and things of nature. Let Ro, let Roquan eat, man. Let him loose. If he's not, you know, um, out there being active or being productive allow them to go ahead and eat and make production, right? <laughs> make them useful, right? Because again, sometimes these teams are going to go away from him, right? Because uh, they know that he's that good. So therefore, let's give him to all the play action. And you're right. Having him blitz a little bit, let him do a bit more of that. I think Pagano got to let this defensive team loose, man, and let us eat. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Did you have an underperforming player today? Underperformer? I don't want to nitpick it from this standpoint, but he did show up to let me know he was there. I'm going to talk about Robert Quinn very briefly. Okay. I'm still kind of ticked off by the fact that he had Watson and he didn't get that sack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We well, got your hand on him, man. Hey, put him down, you know? He did get some good pressures out there. I was able to notice that. But again, still not enough for me, you know, uh, from that standpoint. Until he showed me consistency that he's able to uh, make some things happen, probably going to call him out a little bit. But I'll say right that standpoint, he's the guy who I thought, if anyone who didn't perform the way you want him to, uh, I will say was Quinn. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much been a reoccurring theme, man. So it's like this underperformer can, like we mentioned last week, could be the Robert Quinn slash Charles Leno type right. of designation, right? So, yeah, <laughs> right. Is, I guess it is what it is. Um, for me, I didn't have a specific player as an underperformer, mm-hmm. but I'm about to be real petty real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> My underperformer is the person that thought it was a good idea to run Montgomery only 11 times a day in this ballgame. Oh, we bound is also the same person that decided that Mitch should have been demoted earlier in the season. Oh, we let you guys decide who I'm talking about. That is my underperformer for today. Uh oh, uh oh, coach. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, coach. What you gonna say to that, coach? Uh, you ain't got nothing to say on that, coach, because he's right. <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> good call out, though. Very good call out. I cannot yeah. even argue with that. Um, did you have any other? Thoughts on the on the game today? I would say my last thoughts on this game here is that we finally got a complete game from defense and offense. The fact we got 30-some points, right? 36 points, only giving up seven points for the game. That's a big deal to me. And the other part is just the fact that we didn't let these guys even get in the red zone that often. That's even big. So to me, I thought we did a great job playing a complete game today. Hey, Dub, I, I, you, you hit that pretty much pretty well, man. I would say, man, winning that turnover battle today was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a lot of pressure off the offense because they right. were able to play ahead. And the biggest takeaway that I had when I looked at this ball game today was you had a Texas team out there that's not very good, and their sideline, they played flat. I mean, look at the, the, the demeanor of their coach. Right. He looked like he was half falling asleep, and no disrespect <laughs> to Romeo Cornell, but it was just a different situation. You saw Nagy over there. I don't really have a lot of kind of things to say about Matthew, but the thing about it is he was pumped after that 80-yard uh, touchdown by Montgomery. He was. Yeah, he was, man. And, and let me add one more thing to what you're saying, Prez. I'm going to pick up about what you're saying there. Yeah. Our team, man, looked happy today. 
They were excited for each other and they yep. played for each other. So that is to me the show. At all our losses we had, we still out there with that same vibe there of willing to play for each other. That says a lot. Yeah, because dude, they played with juice in all phases, offense, defense. Those guys, they were ready to play, bro. Right. And maybe, just maybe, these guys like playing with Mitchell a bit more than they like playing with Foles. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I think that's been pretty clear, man. I think, that, <laughs> I think I think Mitch gives them a different dynamic. And also, too, quite as kept. I mean, Mitch is a leader on that on that team, and he's likable, right? So right. a lot of those guys want to see him succeed, right? Right, right, right. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw one last thing out there before we move on. I was happy to see our tight ends part of this game. We haven't done that all year to make these tight ends really part of this process. I'll tell you one thing. Today, our tight ends ate today. And I was happy to see that. Yep, exactly. Um, last point that I had was just in regards to the schedule down the stretch uh, being favorable for us. And that's why last week's loss against the Lions hurt so much. And that's why mm -hmm. I was so pissed off is because I was like, dude, that was a major opportunity, right? For us to right. kind of enhance our chances of making it to the playoffs. But what we did today is what we're supposed to do. We beat a bad team. And not only did we beat them, but we blew them out. We put them away. Right. Um, I love the passion that I saw from the players, the coaches, mm -hmm. and we saw growth from the team today. I agree. They put up 36 points on offense, bro. 36 points. Efficient at that. Efficiently. And the defense played very well. So I'm going to take this performance any day of the week, even if it is against the Texans. I don't care who we're playing against. I'll take this against anybody. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to nitpick, bro. <laughs> Me either. The NFL team, they on the field like they took the field like we did. Bottom line, that's all I'm going off of. But what we're seeing is we're starting to see this team do things that they should have been doing all along, right? Right. Not only when it comes to Mitch, but how you mentioned earlier with the tight ends, how we're finally using Komet, right? Right. How we're using Graham in the, in the, in the damn red zone. Right. And now how we're using Mooney in ways that he can be successful in utilizing his speed, right? right? Absolutely. On top of that, not to mention that the changes that they made on the offensive line that are working. I love those changes. I really do. It, it's, it's a game changer. And we, we should have done some of this stuff a lot sooner than what we did. Exactly. Because I think they got too caught up with who they like versus, okay, being objectively about the situation. So you're right. We're on the same page. Well, man, before we get into our fan reactions, man, I'm just going to tell you, man, we have Victory Monday coming up tomorrow, bro. And I'm excited because we haven't had a Victory Monday in a very long time. Right. And Bears Nation, savor this victory. I know we did pick a couple things, but overall, we are ecstatic and pumped about this, about this game today, man. We got Minnesota coming up, 6-7 ball club. We're going to take this thing one game at a time, bro. One game at a time. Yes, sir. We have to. And that's a game that we can, I think we can win, too. Another game I think we can take that we can get a win off of, especially with our momentum now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, man, let's get to some of these fan reactions. I want to get your thoughts on them, man. So we have a Twitter follower, Steven Degeshi. And what he basically asked on the timeline today was, how about Montgomery not getting any carries in the second half? Is one of life's great mysteries. So at that point, he's probably referring to the point before uh, Montgomery got those four carries in the fourth quarter late in the game. No, I totally agree with them. There is no reason why Montgomery should not have been um, getting some uh, rushing opportunities, some carries. And to the, the reason to see that happening again this week, like it did last week, it's shameful. They got to do better with that. There is no way you come out this game in the second half and not let this guy eat. You got to. And especially on, on the fact that he's been running very well this game, you got to continue to go to him, period. Um, our second uh, fan reaction from Twitter came from Dom and his Twitter ad is at D-Roy Johnson. Uh, he basically said, so question, why was Mitch ever taken out? He said, fucking ridiculous. We'd had a winning record if Mitch remained the starting quarterback. The way we see this now, we probably can say that. And if we're running the right scheme, right? right. <laughs> we're running the right scheme. Because the thing is, what we did, we played to Mitch's strength lately. And the thing is, early on, even early on in the season, we were not doing that. We were winning ball games. We were up five. We had what? We started off five and one. But we weren't playing to Mitch's strength. I think had we played to Mitch's strength and continue to do that throughout the season, I think we definitely will be winning some ball games and we'll have a winning record for sure. Yep, absolutely, bro. That's spot on. Our next uh, fan reaction came from TW. His Twitter ad is at Tylo237. And his 
Twitter reaction was in regards to Nagy's comments that he made in his presser that the team has finally started to create an identity on offense. And so uh, T. Lowe said, 46 games into his tenure as a Bears head coach, and they're just now creating an identity? <laughs> he, he said, the amount of mis-evaluations of his personnel and absolute stubbornness to adjust are fireable offenses. This entire situation is beyond maddening. Yeah, it is. And you said a lot there. He threw a lot there. That, that makes a lot of damn sense. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't take this long to figure out who you are, right? We knew in 2018 what kind of player Mitch was, right? That's what the season we had a successful season with him, right? And we're converting back to doing some of those things now to what made Mitch effective in 2018. So from that standpoint, what would you expect? him to evolve to something else? <laughs> um, and you were stubborn to that to a fault. And with that, it came up to bite us in the butt two years in a row, even up to this point now. So you're, he's right. They should have figured this out a long time ago to what we expect from Mitch and what he can do. Absolutely. Uh, we have a Twitter reaction two weeks in a row from, from our, our, our girl, Lucy. She says, I will never want my team to tank. I would never be mad at a win. I will never hope the Bears lose. She said, that shit is not how I get down. Some people are just different. No, I'm with, I'm with her on that because, you know, I'm cuffing the same claw. I don't give a damn about tanking. That ain't what I'm, what I'm about, tanking. I'm about every win we can get. I don't care how it looks. Scrappy, hard, whatever. I'm all about the wins. That's it. Let's get it any way we can. That's what it's all about, getting wins. People can focus on loss and tanking all day long, but guess what? That don't mean you're going to have a good season because you're tanking the next following year. You got to play to win a game, and you got to play every game like it's your last, period. Yeah, fuck a draft pick. Right, exactly. <laughs> the last reaction came from Todd Kunis, and what he said was, I'm proud to be a Bears fan every day but nice to hold my head up higher today. Yeah, it was, man. We've been down for about six weeks right here on the head down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it did feel pretty good to hold your head up high today. And it's not just about holding up high. It's about saying we won convincingly, you know? We play offense and defense. Hell yeah, I feel pretty good today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not really, it wasn't much to nitpick today, you know, at all, really. So you feel pretty good about that. Absolutely, man. Well, A-Dub, before we get out of here, man, I want to give a special shout out to the Kremens family. So they have a son, Ryan, who is a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. uh, he was diagnosed with cancer at the age of nine. He's now 13 years old, and he's been four years, basically, with surviving uh, cancer. His dad reached out to us today and basically said that, uh, that Ryan is going for his follow-up scans next week. And then he has more scans in, G in June of next year. Um, and so basically, if those scans come back basically clear, then that means that this kid's beat cancer. Well, I hope it comes back clear to show that he beat cancer because, you know, that is a tough thing for anyone to go through it. I'm glad I'm glad he's a cancer survivor. And I'm pulling for him to, once he go through that, that we have you know, a, 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 some, some results that show that, hey, he's still cancer-free. That's right, man. And Lil Ryan, if you're listening to this, brother, our prayers and thoughts are with you. Man, you, you're kicking ass over there and continue to keep fighting that thing and, and prayers to your family as well with everything that they've gone through and supporting you throughout this whole situation, man. So good luck to you. Keep kicking ass and bear down. Absolutely. You get our support the rest of the way, for sure. All day long. The last thing I wanted to touch on A-Dub was that toy drive that we did with the Child Link. Man, that was such an awesome experience to partner, not only with that organization, but to see the outpouring of support that we received from Bears Nation, from our followers on Twitter, friends and family, everybody sharing and getting support behind this organization and really helping these kids to get gifts and to have a good Christmas. Brother, we had over 300 items that were donated uh, wow. for this toy drive. That's huge, man. And I am so proud of our fans. I'm so proud of people who all donated. I mean, it's a blessing, especially around this time from the holidays, you know, with people who lost loved ones and with COVID, right, 19, and all the things we've been through in 2020. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate all of you all who took the time out to donate or even just retweeted, right, about this here. I just want to thank you personally. I wish I could thank you all personally, but I do want to thank you all for taking the time out to do so. Yeah, well said, because as you mentioned, man, this year has been tough for a lot of people. There's a lot of people probably that aren't in a position to really help that maybe wanted to. But right. those people that shared this thing and retweeted it, those people, you helped as well. So it's not just about people that donated. It's about everybody that took part and saw that, you know what, there's a chance that I can use my network and use my reach to get the word out. And so we appreciate everybody and 
like A-Dub said, I second that. Appreciate all of you guys from the bottom of our hearts. This has been humbling for us. And just to know that we can have a small part and basically making sure that some kid will enjoy some of the things that he and I were able to enjoy as kids, right? Maybe right. not to the degree of others, but these things are going to really help a kid have a really good time. And in 2020, I think that's really important, especially of all years. Totally agree. Well, man, dude, before we get out of here, bro, to our audience, Club Dub is back open, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, they had a lock on that bitch, but we opened that <laughs> shit. We kicked that door down. <laughs> and a vault. We're stuck in the vault, man, for a while. But you're right. We opened it up, man. You opened it up for sure. Man, we was in a panic room, but we we <laughs> out of here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Feeling good, man. Feeling really good. I can breathe. <laughs> man, right? Fuck. We are back, baby. So, man, on to Minnesota. Bears Nation, we're going to take this thing one game at a time. A-Dub, go on and sign us off. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. This show is now available on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On our next episode, we will be joined by Justin Bresky from Bless the Knees, a Minnesota Vikings podcast, as we preview the Week 15 matchup against the Vikings. Bear Nation, come down with us. Peace.